Hey, what's good, everybody? It's me, your hero, Benjamin Banks, and you're listening to a brand new episode of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. And joining me as always and making his return to the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks podcast is your boy, Double OT, Terrific Trav, and then the Slayer of Slayers, Rebellious oh, D. The Slayer of Slayers. Oh, we don't... <laughs> Hey, look, try hey, it's funny. You loved and you know, D he came back, he had a new suit. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> try, it's like uh it's like House of M, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm, stand. I'm standing beside the chair, Banks got on Magneto's helmet. Oh, you know? oh my God. Hey, yeah, it was, but instead of the M shape, it was a D. You know oh, what I'm saying? Oh, God. He had the but D no, on? Yeah, I had a D on me, man. You know oh, what I'm God, saying? But Trav, like, you know, let everybody know, like, how's it been going, man? We we missed you here. Hey, man, Superman needed help, you know, up up near the sun, but <laughs> oh, your boy God. got a little burnt. <laughs> but, you know, I'm okay. All I could think about was John Henry Iyer when he said that. Dude, like, that's oh, what God. happened. Hey, uh, you were able to save Jonathan, though, right? Uh, he's, he's still floating out there with that. Oh, yeah, he uh, sure is. Oh, with that, with that. Well, hopefully, man, hopefully when Jonathan comes back, like, you know, hopefully it's not too many changes. You know what I'm saying? Like, hopefully right. he's right. still the same Jonathan. You know, hopefully it's no uh, Black Lightning stuff. Hey, Maybe Jonathan he might be ain't in- coming back. Now, John Henry might come back. Jonathan yeah, ain't coming bro. back. Jonathan's in the ionosphere right now. But hey, look, we're not talking about Superman <laughs> and Lois. Want to see the Superman and Lois reviews that we do? Uh, you can check those out on YouTube. YouTube. We are talking about one thing. You know, we have a very special guest joining us today. This is somebody that I met at Superstar <laughs> Anime when your boy was the MC, and uh, you know, he was just like, "Hey, I heard you had a podcast, and uh, I want to be a guest up there," which I thought was really awesome because this Hell man, yeah. he's very positive, he's humble, he's Alleged. inspiring, he's motivating. He does so much amazing stuff to help people out. Mm-hmm. And um, that is voice actor. You know what? I- I'll let D introduce. I- you know, I already said that stuff. But D, you know, this guy, you know, he voiced one of your favorite characters in Naruto. So I'll let you take the for D. He's done a voice on a little show we like to call Digimon. <laughs> He's also the handsome devil of the League Village, Mr. Brian Donovan. That's right. So, yes, and- sir. Before we get into the interview, please, everybody, make sure that you rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Give us them five stars and leave some comments. Let us know if you love us. Let us know if you hate us. Let us know if there's anything that we can do to improve so that way that you can love us again. Also, make sure that you follow us on Spotify because that really helps us out as well. And uh, with that being said, here's a word from our sponsors. Golden Eat Tattoo. You can find them at 3109 Airline Boulevard, Portsmouth, Virginia for all your nerd-related tattoos. Leading the area, that is Miss Denise and her team. If you call over there and you mention leveling up banks, you get 10% off your tattoo. That number is going to be 757-465-1010. Call them today. Joining us today is a very phenomenal person, very positive. We met him at Superstar Anime this year, and that is voice actor Brian Donovan. Brian, how are you doing today? Damn, guys. Good, good, good. Which, which crap, side of me do you want? Do you want this guy or do you want this yeah. guy? <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Or do you want this? Oh, wait, where is he? There, that, that guy. guy. I'll take all three. That's me. That's me with a sunburn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All three of y'all. Nah, yeah. yeah, I feel like if we uh, if we run this thing too long, then we're going to get the angry rock. With you know, what's funny is I, I just... I, what's funny is I didn't realize he had so many. Like there's four of them or something. I had, all right. Anyway, I no. Yeah, it. I just saw that. I saw the. I was I saw like, the whoa, stars. Whoa, what else? What else? What else is in there? Maybe Kakashi will show up. Oh, Kakashi. <laughs> yeah, nice shirt, Benjamin. Thank you. Whatever. Uh, I'm sorry. I, hey, yeah. look, I, I couldn't find a Rock Lee shirt for you know the episode. I mean, at least I'm trying. You know, yeah, at least yeah. I don't have an Iron yeah. Man shirt. This guy, this guy will be like, wait, what? That's what weak, you? Banks. Don't put, hey, just because you're getting roasted, don't point at me. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's all right. Kakashi's a very beloved character, and, and I support that 100%. Hell yeah. Yeah, 100%. I feel like everybody is from the show. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about Naruto when we get into the interview. Right. And Trav, your tip of the day. 
Hey, man, if, you, if you're going to come on the podcast with Brian Donovan, you better be wearing that Rock Lee shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all there is to it. Excellent tip. That's all there is to it. Oh, oh my God. This, this poor Benjamin. Poor I, Benjamin. This is what they cooked. do to me. They gang up yeah, on me. Exactly. And, Here, I'll try, to just, I'll try to distract everyone with that flower just coming by. I don't know. Thank you. I I'll take a sip to that. <laughs> I, I don't I'll have, have my with you. <laughs> All right, here yeah. you go. Cheers. Cheers, boys. I yeah, everybody has something except me. I mean, I, I don't even have the remote. Oh, yeah. Even, okay. even I do got the remote. I got the remote. I got the remote. You have that great shirt on, Benjamin. What right. <laughs> 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 else more could you need? Just pull focus. Oh, God, oh, man. man. But, yeah, but Mr. Donovan, uh, the first question that we ask every guest up here on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks is, what is your origin story? Every hero or villain has one. So tell everybody who you are. Oh, that's a great, that's a great first question. A very, uh, yeah, man, let's, uh, I'll take you down the path. So when I was a kid, um, I was very, very lucky. I'll even do a, a visual for the fans and uh, all your listeners. Um, but so that sweet soul is my little sister. who's now dancing on clouds with Patrick Swayze, dirty dancing on clouds mm-hmm. with Patrick Swayze. Um, and maybe even singing with Living Name John. But long story short, her and I were, uh, my sister and I were best friends. Uh, we both love to perform. And the reason I bring my sister into the equation in that question is because um, I was very fortunate. And I guess we both were really because we, uh, we adored each other, but we were also performers, as I said. And so we were kind of a built-in audience. We were like a cheer section for each other. And to have that kind of love and support and, and admiration and, uh, and cheer from someone, uh, me for my sister and her for me, um, it just kind of really builds you up, especially as a performer, because you just feel like, oh, you know, I got something to offer. Like I'm making her laugh. She's making me laugh. And we just got this constant, beautiful energy going back and forth without getting too ethereal. But, um, you know, and it was just it was just an awesome launch for anyone that aspires to perform, right? Because we all need cheerleaders um, in our lives, you know, no matter what we are doing or pursuing it from whether or not we're kids or into adulthood, we need it more as adults, really, I would argue. Um, you know, we need someone to cheer us on. And so I was very, very fortunate. And my story wouldn't be nothing without my little sister because she was she was my cheerleader. Um, and I would not be the performer I am today without her. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't believe in myself the way she, you know, she bolstered that in me. Um, I wouldn't have the um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't think out the box. Um, I probably would have a lot more inhibitions, um, you know, and be afraid to do things. Uh, but she really just allowed me to be myself, my best self, you know. And I'd like to think I offered that to her, too, and support her that way, too. Uh, anyway, so that led me to, um, you know, school plays and musicals in high school. And then in college, probably is where, like, the, especially the voice of me um, really, you know, kind of matured was I was a DJ uh, when I went to university. And for four years, I played on the radio and that was a blast. And that really got my chops going. Um, I didn't do a lot of voices necessarily, mm-hmm. but it really got me comfortable in front of the mic. And I was able to splice and dice, you know, a tape from my radio days. Um, so when I went to Hollywood uh, and how I got to Hollywood is I delivered a car. There was a, there was a company called Auto Driveway. And for 200 bucks, you deposited um, you got a car that someone needed from location A to B. And so I was, I went to university in Cleveland. I was from Buffalo. So I registered from those two cities to LA. That was my dream, right? Go to LA, go to Hollywood. And then six weeks later, one came up from Buffalo. I delivered the car. Um, those first few months, I, I, I rode a couch for two weeks and I found a roommate who just happened to be Molly Shannon, who you might be awesome. familiar with. The iconic, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, just a, a marvel of talent. Um, we just came out with a book. But anyway, her and I met. We ended up living together for four and a half years until she went to SNL. Um, but, you know, I went around town in the early days. I waited tables. I went around with the the, the voice tape that I'd spliced and diced from the, the DJ days. And uh, finally, casting director bit. She said, hey, I, I love your voice. I got two two words um, you know, in a radio commercial for McDonald's, do you want to, do you want to do it? And mm-hmm. I was like, ah, yeah. And, uh, anyway, it went, you know, it was fun and went well. Uh, and then they kept hiring me, that company, that production company kept hiring me. And then I was kind of on my way as they say, but I still waited tables for four years. You know, I think 
that overnight success thing and, you know, uh, that people talk about, it's, that's, that's a myth. I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure I know that's happened to anyone. I mean, not personally. I know it, you hear that story occasionally. Like, they, I was walking the beach and this casting person came up to me and said, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For the, the new Baywatch, you know? <laughs> and, you know, sure. Sure. Some people, you know, there are those stories, but those are, those are anomalies. I mean, yeah, yeah, really, yeah. <laughs> you know, really the overnight success, you end up, if you dig deeper, you end up finding out that, uh, you know, it was years in the making. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that was my trajectory. And then anime came later. I didn't do my first show, Flint the Time Detective, uh, until 99. So I was in, I landed my feet in Hollywood, LA in 90. Um, and then anime kind of, you know, came into my life in 99. So about nine years later. Nice. And and that's a classic show too. You know, I mean, I know a lot of people didn't get a chance to watch it, but growing up in the early 2000s, every Sunday morning before we would go to church, I would turn in the JetX and I would watch Flint the Time Detective. And I love the Dragon Ball and Yu-Gi-Oh! vibes that it has. And I feel like it was one of those shows that was on JetX that I don't know if they showed all the episodes or whatnot, yeah, you know, we, we only recorded, I think, two seasons and it just never got traction. It never got the love, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, you know, of course it was. It was competing with Dragon Ball Z and, and you know, the early days of, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, it, it was not of that caliber. Like it was cute and it was fine, but it just, yeah, it just never found its, audi- found its audience. Um, but, you know, say la vie. Uh, but that, unfortunately, you. that same team went on to do Digimon. So, ah. and, you know, and I think I would I would say to your audience, um, you know, that you just never know, you know, trust that, you know, if you do the work and you get good at what you do, whatever it is, that, you know, that the thing that you kind of hope happens, it might not look exactly like you think it's going to look, but you never know where that stuff's going to lead, you know, because really that team went on to do Digimon and then part of that team went on to do Naruto. And so, you know, when I look back at my stepping stones, even though Flint never got traction, it was like kind of a dud, I guess, in the, in the world of anime, you know, that led to Digimon, which of course led to Naruto, which, you know, the rest is history, as they say. But yeah, I mean, just kind of trust that, you know, you're on your, your stepping stone for a reason, you know, and that, that you never know where that's going to lead. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of, kind of what happened, but I do love Tony Goodwin, you know, and I, I was able to in Flint, the time tech, I was able to get my chops going. Like I was able to, you know, really, because, because anime is a very different beast, you know, than anything I had ever done before. Cause essentially it's dubbing, you know, you're, you're lip flapping, you know? <laughs> and, and so it's a very unique and specific um, talent for lack of a better word. And right. so Flint and, and the time detective, you know, they, they really got me good at it. Um, and it was, it was able to kind of work the muscle out of you will and train, you know, for this show that wasn't quite getting the traction, but, you know, again, by the time I got the Digimon, I, you know, I was, I was well conditioned. <laughs> oh yeah. Now, yeah. Mr. Uh, Donovan, um, yeah. one of my questions that I typically ask is if you had, one tip for anybody looking to get into it, since we're kind of here. Um, could you give us two tips that you would give to somebody who's looking to get into voice acting or acting? Yeah, I would say uh, first and foremost, like as mentioned, it's it's conditioning, it's muscle, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, whatever your dream is to, to look like, you know, the cover of a romance novel, you go to the gym, you work out. There's no shortcuts, right? <laughs> like, yep, that's right. If you want to be, uh, be a voiceover actor, you got to do the work, you know, with any dream, right. you got to do the work. There's, you know, again, there's anomalies and those crazy stories here, but really, truly, if you dissect most people's dreams or dreams coming true, you will find that it's a ton of work and you got to do the work. And so first and foremost, it's a muscle and you got to work it out every single day or at least five to six days a week uh, and do something towards your career five to six days a week. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, if you, if you've gone through your whole day and you haven't done some voices or worked your, you know, your vocal cords out or combed Google and said, you know, what classes can I take remotely? You know, um, because I say a lot, well, the other one to answer your question, like, I guess the official other two is if you're truly interested in the voice world and, and voice acting, um, then I would get a, a graphic novel or any any novel it doesn't even have to be a novel but you have to you you I would go through that and I would read it and do your characters throughout and I think I mentioned this Benjamin you know when I was you know when we did our panel uh recently to the audience because 
you know, I would just go through a comic book, whatever. And it doesn't have to be the voice. You don't have to mimic the voice. If you're reading a comic book and it's Spider-Man, you don't have to do your best Spider-Man impersonation. Right. Yeah. You do your Spider-Man, you know, yeah. yep. you do, or you make up a whole nother thing, you know? Yep. Um, but you just go through that whole book and you do the, the, the protagonist, the antagonist. You don't have to do them all. Obviously, if it's, if you're a man and you don't, you know, you can't get a like, female voice or a little boy voice, that's okay. Embrace what you can do. Because that's the thing, you know, so many people think, oh, my God, if I don't have a, a repertoire of 300 voices and I can't do little boys and do the villain, too, um, then I'll never make it. No, yeah. caca, man. I, I, what I do, I do very well. Um, but I, I know people that do it better. I know people that have those 300, you know, those 300 voices and the, the jukebox, at, you know, A16 mm-hmm. in the world, you know, <laughs> um, you know, and then whatever, B14. Oh, you silly little boy. Um, but you can, you, there's people like Steve Bloom and, and James Arnold Taylor, and they can just beep, 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 beep. Tom Kenny, another one. Um, these are the greats. And a lot of times, young aspiring or not even old aspiring, you know, people, they, they, they're intimidated by that. They're like, Oh my God, you know, I, I'm, I'm not Tom Kenny. Um, Mm -hmm. you don't have to be Tom Kenny. You have to be you and bring your best self to it and trust that what you have to offer is, is going to be good enough. Um, and if you believe in yourself that way and you work that muscle out, you out, then you are like, I, what I do again is very niche. Like I, I'm, I've gotten very well known, to doing younger boy voices. Right. Um, and, and that's, that's fine, but I don't, you know, very, very rarely, you know, do I dip into the villain or that, you know, it's just other people can do it and they can do it better. I can do it, but I very rarely get cast as that. And so that's okay. You know, I, I just do what I do. Um, and I, I, I would encourage that for your, your audience and people listening, just, just, Find what you do and what you do so well. You know, it's like the Bruce Lee says, you know, it's like I I, I would be more afraid of someone that did one kick 10,000 times, practice one kick 10,000 times than someone that knew a 10,000 kicks and practice at one time. Right. right. Because they're not going to be as effective. They might go, well, they show knowledge. <laughs> but, you know, and then Bruce Lee is going to go pow. And right. he's going to knock you flat because you suck at all those 10,000 you know, yep. moves. But if you practice that one move 10,000 times, I guarantee you, you're going to win some fights. And I don't condone fighting, but, you know, I hope you understand the analogy. Oh, yes. And that's uh, why you're yeah. Rock Lee. You know what I mean? Right. That's I'm right. picking up. Yeah. You that's know, right, baby. Do you hear that, pick- buddy? Do you yeah. hear that? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. To piggyback off of what you had said, Brian, like when we had interviewed Ken Forey, and you can check out his interview. It is up here on YouTube where you can listen to it on the mm-hmm. podcast. He had gave some similar advice. He was just like, if you read a book, you should always read aloud because if you want to get into voice acting like that really helps because you learn like the different tones and then you can go back and be like, well, maybe I should do it at this tone or maybe I should do it at a higher tone. So the advice that you just gave is really solid advice to anybody that wants to get into voice acting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, really you'll find that a lot of singers are in voice acting and they're in voice acting for a reason because they've learned how to breathe. So if you don't know how to breathe, um, or to use your voice in effective ways or in ways that aren't going to hurt you, then I would take your basic breathing class or even, or even start meditating. Um, and, you know, and, and, and just take a, take a breath class. Um, that would be a profound improvement, uh, to the base because really like anything, building a house, building muscle at a gym, you know, you got to think about those foundational, you know, things and, and breathing, is as fun, fundamentally and foundationally uh, as important as, as, as anything else. So go to your local breathing class or watch some YouTube <laughs> videos on how to breathe and the best way to breathe and also how to open up your voice. Um, you know, and that there's tricks to that, you know, there's tricks. So try not to like blow it out and do crazy stuff without some of those, those foundational um, things in play, because they're, they're super important. And it's also going to give you the legs to have a sustaining, you know, a sustaining career. Like, you know, you think about some of these rock legends, these greats, they, they don't sing, you know, for 50 years without, you know, training in that foundational stuff. They would never last that long. And and a lot of rockers don't. 
and whatever, any, you know, I, I say rockers, but you know what I mean? They don't yeah. because they're, they don't know how to use their voice, you know? Yeah. And so they blow it out and then, you know, it's, it's over before they started. So yeah, just for, some of those foundational things are, are so important. Yeah. So something I wanted to piggyback off of is earlier at the start of the interview, when you were talking about your sister, Kelly, and I just wanted to talk about Kelly's Hollywood, which was the documentary that you wrote and directed. And I mean, like I saw the trailer for it and it looked really awesome. It looked really sweet. And I know that you talked about her at the Q&A. And like one of the things I love about you is just your energy and how positive you are. So like tell the audience like what Kelly's Hollywood is about and what was the process like making that documentary? Uh, Thank you, man. Well, you know, I love talking about my little sister. you know, my sister was born with Down syndrome in 1969. I mean, in case you haven't known, I'm an old fart. I've been around for a while. <laughs> born in the 60s. Um, my little sister was born in the 60s, too. It was a very different time. Um, you know, when she was born, the doctor, the first thing they said to my sister wasn't congratulations. It was, you can institutionalize her. You should institutionalize her. You know, it was back in the, the end of that era of institutionalization. And my mom said, stick it and brought her home. And the rest is history. But um, yeah, I made it. I made a, an award-winning documentary about my little sister. Um, it's in a lot of ways, it's a glorified home movie. Um, I wasn't sure it would ever see the light of day. I thought it, this is a very expensive home movie because <laughs> I ended up, you know, putting the Bee Gees in there and some of these iconic, you know, songs. Um, anyway, very fortunately, I was able to license it to Showtime. It was on Showtime for two years, and now you can find it on Amazon. Um, but it's called Kelly's Hollywood. Uh, I. I recommend it to everyone. I, I feel very fortunate that I made a film that is so user friendly um, and that it's easy to recommend because it's really 82 minutes um, of, of love and, and more importantly, a reminder of what we're all here for. Like, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Um, and why is it so important to believe in yourself and your dreams? Um, because our dreams give us purpose and, and, and goals and passion, and they give us dignity and a reason to live. Um, and that, that's for everyone. Um, and specifically, you know, with my sister and, and really the other, my other life, if you will, besides acting and, and, you know, doing the cons and stuff is, you know, I go around the world and speak about disabilities and, and advocacies for them and the dignity of dreams. Um, so, you know, but, but, no matter who you are, uh, you know, your dreams are important. You're here for a reason. Uh, and it's, and it's, and it's vital, um, to remind yourself of that, to look in the mirror when you're brushing your teeth or you're laying on your pillow at night to, to remind yourself that you're here for a reason and what you have to offer. No one else can. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes we get beat up, you know, life is hard, especially as we get older, um, you know, we get beat up and, and uh, sometimes we don't feel that way or, or we've been truly beat up by people in our lives. And, you know, these people that, you know, say, oh, I'm your fan or I'm your cheerleader, but really they're knocking you down. Um, but, you know, at some point you find your cheerleaders, you have those conversations with yourself in the mirror while you're brushing your teeth around your pillow at night. And, and, and then the next day you get out of bed and you hit it and you hit it hard, knowing that that the next day, that fresh day is a blank canvas. And, 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 and you know, and you can the world's your oyster. I mean, it really is. And your dreams aren't always going to look like what you think, you know, um, or what you perceive them necessarily. But if you do the work, you will you will achieve them. And I really believe in creative visualization and that taking us full circle to the film. It really is about creative visualization. My sister with, with every fiber of her body, mind, and soul believed that she was a diva, that she was a performer, that she had something to offer in that way. Um, and she dreamed of it. And consequently that ripple, you know, moved her universe, me and everybody in it, it towards that goal, like consciously or unconsciously. And now she's on your TV at home and, and the odds were so against her. I mean, you can't even, you couldn't go to Vegas and find crazier odds to, you know, for Kelly to have realized that dream. And I guess that's why it's so important for me to, to be the dream cheerleader because I've seen it, you know, I've seen it and I've seen it around me with friends. Um, I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it most importantly with my sister um, when the odds were stacked so far against her from you should institutionalize her to now she's starring in her own movie on your TV at home on Amazon, Amazon prom. Right. And so yeah. that really, you know, that's the film. I mean, you know, whatever you strip things away and it's a love story between a brother and a sister. 
Um, but it really is about dreams and reminding people that your dreams matter and that you're here for a reason uh, and to love. You know, we can never love enough. And I think that's also important because we are in a we are in a crazy time, man. I mean, a crazy time. I mean, we all feel it. Doesn't matter what side of the coin you are on. We're all feeling it. And we need more love in the world. You know, we need more love. And, you know, so, yeah. Anyway, so I can't recommend it enough. Uh, it's 82 minutes. Make some popcorn. Curl up with the people you love, and uh, and I promise you, um, you won't regret it. Uh, and you know, again, I hate promoting my own stuff because I feel like everyone's just promoting oh, their own. No, no. Ah, do it, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we love is, that. Like, every guest that, that we have up seen. here. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Trav. No, I was just saying this is something that everybody should see. Yeah. These sort of things, and and because it makes you think about how you treat people, Correct. how you're living your life, Correct. and. I think every time I've ever seen you talk or say anything, it's nothing but motivation and positivity, not just to for you, but, mm -hmm. you know, just to help people and just make the world important. better. Yeah, it's it's important, important, you know, and that's um, that's something I preach to my little people. I'm sure Trav goes through it sometimes with his girls, but it's, you know, there's always someone who had, when you think you have it bad, just remember, yes. you got to stand up and remember that someone else has it 10 times worse. Yeah. You know, and you have to, and you, you know, you have to spread the love, like you said, Mr. Donovan. Mm -hmm. You know, it's yeah. super important, you know, to help pick people up. It is, man. You know, it's, I know it sounds, you guys are both parents and uh, yeah. I'm a parent too, with two little boys, seven and nine. And, and, you know, look, we, you're not going to get it all right. Um, yeah, man, exactly. Often yeah. I don't. I mean, I, I berate myself all the time thinking, oh, man, I blew it in that moment. I blew it. Um, but I always say that if you lead with love, if, the, you know, again, back to those foundationals, you know, if you lead yeah. with love and your tensions are pure, then that's OK. You know, you're not going to get it all right. But at least, you know, you're leading love. And I also live in the big city. You know, I live in L.A. and my kids are in the real world. Like so many people yeah. are like, man, you live in L.A., like surrounded by, you know, guns and violence, big city living and homeless yeah. and I'm like, well, I want my kids to see that. I want my kids to know that life is hard mm -hmm. and that, you know, the things they have, they're lucky to have exactly. and they should never take it for granted. Um, and they should appreciate everything and also be empathetic to other people's struggle and pain and the things that they're trying to get through. And, um, you know, and again, that's not always successful either, <laughs> but, but you try, um, you try. And that's all we're doing. And that's the beauty. I mean, really, truly coming back to old Butchie Brow. I mean, you know, Benjamin knows this. I mean, I love this dude and I love yeah. him because of that. Like, I love him and he never gives up and he always tries. He leads with a pure heart. He persists. He's got tenacity, like all these fundamental things that we need as human beings to survive um, exactly. and to get through it and to be our best. And we're not always going to be our best. Right? The best is never, there's no cap to that, right? We're right, always... Right. You know, but we just have to evolve and we have to try. And that's that's it. We just try. Um, and, you know, we move forward. You know, there's a great saying like, you know, I skin my nose. At least I know I'm going forward. <laughs> no, I like that saying. You know? I heard that. Yeah. And yeah. there's two things that you brought up was creativity and good old bushy brow. And, you know, we've had a lot of fans write in for questions for you. And one of the questions I really liked was from Dan. And he was asking, how much input do you have for the nuances of a character like Rotley? Because a lot of them like hearing about what they wrote before you came in. And then when you came in, what tweaks did you start making when you really start getting into the character as the episode's going on? Just you voiced them for so many years now, hundreds and hundreds of episodes, video games, movies, you know what I mean? When you do something like that, you're that character. So when, when do you think you started implementing your thoughts on who Rock Lee was? Yeah, that's a great, great question. Uh, and shout I out think, to Dan. Great question. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Shout out to Dan. Dan. Way to go, Dan. Love you, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's a great question because, uh, you know, we were very fortunate. We are very fortunate that, that this has had the legs that it's had and that, you know, hundreds of episodes and, you know, have grown up with Rock Lee and vice versa. Um, and I think most of the actors that have been on the show for as long as they have will say the same. I mean, it's a real luxury. It's a gift to to as an actor a performer to to grow up and have these many years with a character uh as far as like the nuance and the development and how much power say i have um that's you know i in the beginning that's kind of what you're trying to do when you're auditioning right because right. 
when you audition, you just throw what you, you know, your idea of, of what you think might work for this character, you know, and, and they give you the script or they give you the lines that you're going to say. And they were having trouble with Rock Lee. It's one of the reasons they brought me in. Um, because, you know, Rock Lee's kind of his own little, I mean, he's very proper. He speaks, you know, with no contractions, but yet he's very emotional. He has these crazy outbursts. Right. Um, and, and so they were lover. trying to find yeah. the nuances. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love him too. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they were trying to find, you know, the nuances, Dan, the nuances um, of the character. And so, yeah, it was, it was, I'm not going to lie. It was tough because I, you know, I, I contract, you know, we all contract in this right, world, right? Yeah. I mean, no one says I will go to the store now. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll go to the store, um, you know, or I, I should not, uh, you know, no one talks like that. And so <laughs> just that alone, I was just trying to find and make it normal and, and, and make it sound natural that this is mm-hmm. exactly, you know, how someone speaks. Um, so that was really hard. And I think probably as far as like the nuances go, was just really trying to make it organic in a way that sounded natural, as natural as Rockley sounds or could possibly sound. Um, and then, uh, and then really rely on the director. Uh, there's a lot of work as, as the relationship carries on and the episodes carry on, you will probably listen. Like if you go back to almost any of the shows that you love, if you listen to like the first five episodes, Versus, let's say, you know, a show carries on 50 plus episodes. If you go on to, like, say, 50 or 100, you will probably hear subtle differences in the characters that you love, right? Because the actor's trying to find it, you know? They're trying Mm -hmm. to sink their teeth into it, trying to settle into it. Um, And so, and that's probably true of Rock Lee. I mean, I've heard the first few episodes of Naruto, obviously. And yeah, I mean, I can hear it. I mean, it's subtle, but I can hear that, okay, you know, I got some of that. And it's, you know, the elements are there. But it wasn't until it carried on that I was like, you know, all right, now it sounds more grounded, sounds more, you know, natural, as, again, as much as Rockley can. Um, and so, but that you really rely on the director for that, you know, okay, let's, you know, in the emotional, you know, kind of component of it. Okay, we need, we need to be more dramatic or more sensitive, more vulnerable or more, you know, w- you know, with, with, with guys, she's like, oh, more, you know, <laughs> like, and I'm like, really, you know? And so I really relied a lot on Mary Elizabeth, who is, you know, the iconic, you know, director of the show and, and uh, many others. And she's amazing. Um, but I did rely on her a lot to, you know, find it together. Uh, but you don't really have a lot of say, in you know the words that you say in the script a lot of times because you are matching the flaps you know you're like blah, 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 blah. sometimes things won't work as written so then you know the director and i will kind of work the script a little bit to to make it work in the timing and the flaps so there is some say there um but you know as far as content goes not that much um as far as emotional component you work with the director um you know, for instance, you know, the drunken fist fight, you know, mm-hmm. one of the iconic fights <laughs> yeah. of Rock Lee. Right. You know, I, I don't drink. Um, I haven't drank since I was, you know, in high school before right. a couple dances. Um, I, I got drunk once, I think. And so I walk in and she's like, oh, my God, wait till you wait till you see what's coming. And this is so funny and it's great. It's a drunken fist or loopy fist for broadcast. And, and I was like, whoa, what am I going to do with this? You know, um, and so I when I started. Mary Elizabeth's like, oh, no, 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 you can go, like, go crazy. Like, you are drunk. You are, like, slurring words. And and so I had to be, like, I mean, like, all right, give me a minute. You know, like, I'm, like, okay, what, do I, what am I going to do with this? All right, I'm drunk. I'm, like, that, slurring, you know. Um, in fact, that, that is the only episode that Rock Lee uh, does contract. Um, you will hear it. Uh, and yeah. So, but anyway, you know, I, you work together, you know, you find it together, you have fun, you do a couple takes, you know, sometimes you'll do it and you think, oh, that's great. And then, you know, Mary Elizabeth like, uh, you know what? No, no, no. Let's do, let's do more of this. And then you do a second take, a third take. Sometimes you're the one that says it, you know, you'll, right. you'll do it. She'll be like, all right, great. That was awesome. Moving on. I was like, Hey, can I try this? Um, and so, yeah, that's, you know, long answer to a short question, but I hope that kind of, you know, gives you the, the, I the want to have it any other way. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so the next question is from Sydney and she asks, are there any specific character traits that you share or don't have in common with Rockley? Oh, wow. Uh, that's fun. Um, you know, uh, I'd like to think that we share a lot of them. Um, you know, 
I, I do feel like I persevere. Um, I do feel like I lead with a pure heart. Um, I do feel like I've never given up. Uh, and so I'm really, like I said, like I feel very fortunate because my own ethos and my own messaging has always been that. And you guys have kind of alluded to that a few times when you've heard me speak. You know, my message has always been um, you're your own superhero. You know, like I, I created a children's show you know, 20 years ago called Mighty Me. And it's all about having a superhero spirit right next to your heart, you know? And that's what I teach my kids. Like you, you know, you have that superhero. We all have it, you know? We just got to tap into it. Never forget it's there. Rely on it when we need it. Um, and so my message has always been that. So again, I feel very fortunate that I was able to do this character that kind of represents, you know, these elements, you know, of, of never giving up. Um, you know, I can't say as I'm, I'm quite as, a, as passionate uh, as Rock Lee, when it comes to Sakura, uh, <laughs> we diverge a wee bit. And I, you know, I probably have to say that because my wife can maybe hear me, but, um, yeah, I didn't quite have the, the lust, um, for soccer that, that Rock Lee did. So, you know, that's just, that's just great acting boys. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, I feel, again, I feel very fortunate. You know, in fact, I, there's another voice actor who I'll, you know, I'll, I'll allow them their anonymity so I don't blow their cover. But, you know, a lot of the voices they do are very dark and very evil and very, and he's like, man, like, you know, I kind of wish I had a Rock Lee in my arsenal because, <laughs> you know, I, I want to, I want to be. I want to, I want that to be my messaging, but you know, it's like everything I do and say and the quotes I have are all like, you know, I'll eat your flesh, you know, whatever right. I made that up. <laughs> but, um, you know, and he's like, yeah. and then, you know, and then he gets the question, are you a lot like your characters? <laughs> like, yeah, he's, like, he's like, yes, I'm evil. Um, but you know, so very fortunately, you know, my, my most well-known character I think we align in a lot of ways. Um, and so, yeah, lucky ducky me, you know, um, but, but yeah, he's, he's fun. He's, 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 he's goofy and, and really you can't give up if you, if you pursue anything, including life, man, as we know, especially uh, these fathers here, my, yeah. my, my fathers, I mean, you know, you got to get out of bed, man. That's, that's <laughs> right. I'm the odd man out. I, yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> There's still time, Benjamin. There's still time. Yeah. Thanks for getting out of bed. Thanks for getting out of bed. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he gets out of bed. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. He gets out of bed. Um, you got something? Or you want oh to yeah, go? no. I was, I, hey, I was trying. Huh? I was trying to let my my man go, but you know, your boy's back. And go I had it. one more from. Uh, oh, this one's from Sydney too. It's called. It says, "I've heard VAs voice actors will often use specific lines to shift back into their character. Is there a recall piece of dialogue you like to use for Rock Lee?" that kind of puts you in the Rock Lee mood. Absolutely. You know, I'm like, I'm the handsome devil of the hidden Lee village. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, man. No, man. I mean, no, it's, uh, yeah, absolutely. I say that every session I ever had, every recording, (laughs) I, they, I'd be in the booth and, you know, old Bushy, I'd be channeling old Bushy. (laughs) Yes, sir. And, uh, yeah, I always, always with that one, you know, when I was doing Digimon, it would be like, Digi armor energize. Come on, guys, you gotta go back to the digital world. You know, it's like you got to get in the groove because, uh, yeah, man. you know, often, you know, like anything, I mean, you're gearing up for anything. I don't care what your job is, you know, like you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta put the jersey on. That's and, right. um, you know, with voice acting, it's your, you know, that's your jersey. You're, you're, you gotta, you gotta get there. And I don't, yeah, I think all of us do it. I would imagine. I, I maybe, I mean, maybe you have a short session and you got a few lines like occasionally like, Hey, we need you in the, we need you in the studio. We got, we got three pickups. And so maybe you just kind of spit them out. But you know, if you got a big old session and mm-hmm. you got two hours ahead of you and, and it's all rockly, then yeah, I always like, I always say that line and, and I'm like, ready to go. <laughs> there it is. Spirit in you. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, now I did have one question of my own. I wanted to ask about auditioning. Did you have the opportunity to audition for any other characters on Naruto? Whoa, dude. You, you know, what's so crazy that you are the first person that's ever asked me that. question. Hey, look at that. Which is so well done. Rebellious D. Yeah, man. I, uh, I have never been asked that question before. And it's funny too, because the last couple panels I've been on, mm-hmm. um, Naruto or Miley and, and Yuri like joke about that because Yuri actually auditioned for Naruto 
Oh, wow. And uh, wow. and so they joke about that all the time. And and then, you know, of course, they landed exactly where they're supposed to land. Right. They're yep. both iconic, amazing, you know, pers- perfect, you know. As you did, too. I, I mean, guess so, right? I can't I visualize Rock Lee than anybody else. So. Uh, yeah. I appreciate that. No, yeah. I really do, man. I really appreciate it. I mean, I, you know, look, I got figurines on my desk of Rock Lee for a reason. I mean, yeah, man. He's he's been good to me and he reminds me of like, you know, all the things he represents and, and we all need that. But uh, no, I didn't, you know, in fact, I did wow. not. I, okay. you know, again, they were, I think they were having trouble and because I was doing Digimon and had gotten off Digimon and, and, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, again, typecasting in yep. a lot of ways, Davis from Digimon is, you know, they're very similar. I mean, they have yeah, a lot yes. of character traits and, and even the vocal qualities they wanted and that enthusiasm that you know that um yeah that that over enthusiasm really mm-hmm. you know so they share a lot of those qualities and so i think you know because they were having trouble and they're like you know you can do this you know like and even in the audition which is very rare like i kind of knew it was mine to lose you know what i mean i mean i knew the team was behind me i knew they wanted you know they wanted me and they were excited about you know bringing me in for that which is a, a luxury man that does that does not happen yeah enough you know um in your career as an actor and performer but for that i felt pretty good about and i knew again i knew enough of the team and and they knew that i could that i could do it like that i that i that i was you know i had done a lead character in digimon i'd done the show um and that matters you know because when they're passing you the baton like with any job they want to know they want confidence that that you can do it you know which is which is you know, the blessing and the curse, right? Because it's not often you're, you have the luxury of that position. Usually like you're the new person or, you know, that you got, they're taking a leap of faith, right? Like Flint, you know, they had to take a leap of faith. I'd never done dubbing before. I'd never done a lead little character on a show. And, and so, you know, you need one of those, you know, you need them to take a, a, you know, a, a, you know, a risk. Uh, But yeah, with, with Rock Lee, that was it. They, they, they wanted me and, and, or thought that, you know, they would want me for that. And uh, it turned out, you know, to be, you know, very fortunately to, to be the case. Um, yes, yeah. Sir. Yeah. So mm-hmm. go ahead. I'll go ahead, D. No, oh, no, 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 I was just going to, I was just going to, uh, <laughs> rock, paper, scissors, <laughs> rock, paper, I'll scissors, play. shoot. I'll play. Ah, we have most, <laughs> rock, ah. paper, scissors. Come on, man. All right, go ahead, big guy. All right, okay. I'll go ahead. So this is, this is the final. I'm a gentleman. This is the first time we did rock, paper, scissors on the podcast too, but this is the final fan question. And this comes from Sterling. He wants to know, how did you feel when Lee lost to Gara during the tuning exam and never got any redemption after that? That's that's his question. Yeah, man. No, like every like everyone, um, you know, I, I I watched that in real time. When I got to the studio that day, Mary Elizabeth's like, "Woo! wait till you see what, <laughs> you know, and at that time, because it was still early days, there was a there was an engineer and a producer. Um, you know, there was some of the team still there. Uh, to make sure that we were getting it all right. But we all watched it in real time. You know, we watched the 43 minutes or whatever it is. Um, she said, let's just watch it because this thing is, it, it's going to blow you away. You need to know where it's going, blah, blah, blah. And I think like the fan, I, or fans, I I was as captivated as anyone. You know, I was like, whoa, like this is crazy. And I think, um, you know, and I try to say this as modestly as possible. I think not only was it was it just like this holy mackerel moment of Rock Lee, but I think it was kind of a holy mackerel moment for the show and for fans. I think that's when a lot of fans would say that they really sunk their teeth in it to Naruto. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like what the you know, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, so you know, so that's kind of fun, right? Uh, yeah. Certainly you know, being part of that moment. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was brutal. Like, you, like I just showed my kids six months ago that for the first time, I was like, you know what? Because they were bugging me. They're like, daddy, daddy, we weren't watching. They're friends at school. We're already watching it. And I'm a little more conservative with my kids' intakes. So I was like, I wasn't ready to show them, you know, the series. But I was like, all right, I guess it's time to show them the fight. Well, damn, man, if I haven't heard for the last six months, they're like, well, how did you lost? So how did you lose? Like, why did you? <laughs> I'm like, wah, wah, wah. you know, so, yeah, I mean, no, of course it hurts, man. It hurts. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I also think, uh, you know, I have to realize and I think everyone realized and the, and the reason, you know, if you're a Rock Lee fan, you are a devoted, loyal, passionate Rock Lee fan for the reason that I lost. Right. I lost. Yeah but I showed the journey back 
And the journey, I think, is what most people appreciate. They'll talk about the fight and how iconic it was and the weights dropping in the, you know, that epic fight. But the reason they fell in love with Rock Lee and the reason I fell in love with Rock Lee is that I did lose, but I picked myself back up, you know, and, and I did what I had to do to get back. And that is that's life you know that is life you got to pick yourself up you will get knocked down i mean there is no question whether it's death and dying loss of a job broken heart whatever it is you will get knocked down and and the difference between you know really everyone is who gets back up you know uh-huh. um, who gets back up so i 100 agree with that so now we're here at the end of the interview and at the end of each interview, D, he has mm-hmm. his famous two questions that he loves to ask our guests. Ooh, so, D, ooh. I'm passing the ball to you. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, Welcome. Okay, Mr. Donovan. First question. Favorite 80s or 90s movie or both if you have one of each? Oh, um, I do. I do have a favorite movie. Um, and this is a little more obscure than your fans are going to appreciate. They're going to have to look it up. <clears throat> but... Um, okay. I, my life changed, uh, watching my life as a dog. Uh, and it was by Lassie Holstrom who also did, you know, what's eating Gilbert grape. Um, and again, it's, it's a foreign film it's European film, uh, a little more obscure, but it changed my life. Uh, and so did a few others. I mean, there's a lot of other films. I mean, obviously star Wars terms of endearment, you know, um, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, I have a long list like most, but, but you know, one of my, the, my favorite thing about films, uh, the ones that really resonate with me anyway, are the ones that can make me laugh and cry within the same breath. Right. Um, you know, if you can take me on that emotional journey um, where I'm feeling all the feels um, and my life of a dog does, you know, it's, a, it's about a little boy who, who loses his mother um, to cancer. So it's not, you know, I mean, there's funny haha, like I said, like I'm, you're laughing, you're crying, but it's heavy. Right. Um, but yeah, but it was just like, it was so powerful. And, and that's when I committed to the arts. I was like, I saw it in college and I was, you know, I was, I was vacillating a little bit cause I was getting a business degree. Um, and, but, you know, I knew I wasn't going to do business necessarily, but I was like, wow, I got this, I'm going to have this huge student loan, you know, I better get something <laughs> practical, but yet I, you know, I love the arts and I love performing, but I saw that film and that was it. I ended up going back um, to see it three times that week. It was playing at this little theater in Cleveland. And I, I, I very rarely seen any film more than twice, um, more than once, really. Uh, and that one, I just went back, boom, boom, boom. And yeah, it changed my life, man. And, and that was really when I committed. But you had another question, or was that like a two-parter? I can't remember. Uh, that was just the one. Um, the second yeah. one is growing up, was there anything that scared you, spooked you, and stayed with you? Whether it was a lullaby, a story, some weird shape a tree used to make, what do you have? Yeah, man. I so I had the I had I was very unfortunate as a kid and had vicious allergies and my eyes oh, no. used to kind of glue together <laughs> at night, right? The mucus and the I won't get oh, into wow. the new, you know, all this stuff, but they just, you know, it would be disgusting, right? I was a little kid, single digits, and I had vicious allergies and they get glued shut, and I would be in this reoccurring nightmare. I remember vividly, still to this day. I, we had a basement growing up and, and the basement was all, you know, you're a kid. It's always freaky, right? You yeah, never want to go down freak as an adult, all the lights on. Yep. Yeah. And so, so the dream, the nightmare was the stairs. I it would always start the same. I'd be at the top of the stairs and, 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 you know, it was the classic kind of East coast, like very, you know, very mm-hmm. narrow stairs, right. 13 of them, boom, 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 boom. And I'd be at the top and all of a sudden they would shudder and, I'd go down the stairs like a slide into a swamp. Dark, nasty, scary swamp. And at the end of the swamp is this fan chair. Like you've seen them in the South. There's beautiful wicker white fan chairs. And and at at the end of my basement on the other side through the swamp, is essentially what I would imagine was the devil. And he's in the wow. chair and I am like uncontrollably going towards the <laughs> devil. And then I would wake up but I wasn't aware. I couldn't open my eyes. So I was visually, oh, I'm still geez. in the dream screaming for my mom, you know, oh, and yeah. we'd have to come down, put warm, warm washcloths on my eyes. Yeah, get you have to get the crust. Finally, yeah. yeah, dude. And I'd finally get visually out of the dream too, or I keep saying dream, but it was a bona fide nightmare. <laughs> right. it, it sounds <laughs> like one of those Goosebumps books you used. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking for. about the Sandman TV. Uh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
And if I was to do the voice of the little kid now, I'd be like, Mom! (laughs) (laughs) Easy sale. Uh Um, Thank you so much. Wonderful answers. Yes, sir. Yes, Yes, indeed. Well, guys, uh, leveling up with you boys have been a pleasure. Uh, Thank you so much, Benjamin, for inviting me. You're welcome. Uh, Rebellious D, so nice. Trav, so nice to meet you guys. Uh, Alloy uh, Alloy Vera for that that burn there, buddy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm on it. Yeah, so Mr. <laughs> Mr. Donovan, before we let you go, if you could just let everybody in social media land know where they can find you at. Yeah, man, I wish I could say TikTok because I know I'm an antiquated old fart, but uh, <laughs> I'm not even on in- TikTok. I am on Instagram, which is probably the one I use the most. It's uh, Brian Donovan, that little name I think you see on the screen, underscore the number one. I'm holding my little baby. He's not a baby anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, please say hello, uh, find, follow, and and hug virtually and uh yeah and i also keep people abreast of kind of what i'm doing as far as cons go and i got sack anime coming up this weekend um you know so i'll I can't, you know depending on where you are in the world i usually kind of give people a heads up of you know my next you know three to in six the months area. in the area in the area i love it i love it yeah man and i'm uh as as, as benjamin knows i'm a hugger i mean i always ask permission but uh Come, come get a hug from Brian Donovan because uh, there's not enough. <laughs> yeah. Free hugs. There's not enough love Free hugs campaign. That's right. Uh huh. That's right. Old bushy brow. That's right. The man. What an awesome guy. What an awesome Hey, look, Dean's favorite character from Naruto is up here. Hey, look, Dean hit me with the light and speed. Not even just that. He got the Iron Man shirt, but my man came in like the Flash right now. Relax, Trav. We're running out of Barry Allen. Oh, my God. Let's not forget. Yeah, what? The son was over here drinking the tears too, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh my God. But no, but yo, so I had the pleasure of, you know, doing the QA at Superstar Anime with Brian and uh, Greg Baldwin as well. And like both of them were just really positive and humble human beings. And, yeah. and so it's like, I was just so honored when he had asked me if uh he could come on the podcast because i was just like hey, how does he know i have a podcast and then <laughs> later on you know hey, hey, our friend dustin, yeah that's right our friend dustin who's a huge digimon fan mm. you know he took the card over to brian's table and he was just like hey like this is what a guy like they have a podcast the and like we call guard. dustin the fifth guard the, yeah, the you know? fifth guard. but uh thank you so much dustin for doing that and like for real Everybody, please make sure that you check out Kelly's Hollywood. It is on Amazon Prime. And like Brian said, you know, follow him on Instagram. Tell him you love him. When you see him at a con, give him a hug and uh, he'll give you one back. But he'll ask for permission first, like he said. So uh, with that being said, Trav, let everybody in social media land know where they can find you. Of course, you know you can find me on the Instagram at ZK Audio. I'm also on the Twitter at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-Z-K, where I'm also on Letterboxd, ranking and rating my daily movie watches. D, the rebellious one, man. Where they gonna find my man at? You can find me! Nah, just kidding. You can find me at rebellious double underscore D23 Instagram.com. And Banks, if they need another handsome devil hero, where can they find one? Hey, you can find me at Hero Benjamin Banks at King Benji underscore Banks on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Facebook at Benjamin Banks. I should be the first person to pop up. If not, then I need to contact Mr. Zuckerberg. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this brand new interview that we got together because we got Trav back here with us after, you know, yes, he sir. was traveling the around the world. Drop in. He, <laughs> Trav, hey, you had the movie Travel Around the World in 80 Days. Trav did it in four. So yeah, with that right. being said, thank you again. <laughs> For listening to the episode, make sure that you follow us on all of our social media accounts at Leveling Up Banks. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Subscribe to us on YouTube. That's at Leveling Up with Benjamin Bank. And then if you have Patreon and you're feeling generous and would love to donate to us, it is at Leveling Up Banks. And thank you to our patrons who donate to us. And we really appreciate it. So it helps us go to all these uh, cool cons that are out there. So with that being said, keep that pinky up. Or as Rock Lee would say, keep that thumb up and we'll see you next time on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. Peace.